You guys know that I legitimately don't know what a freaking hyena laugh sounds like? Don't like, worry, I got I, you. I know, like, I know like the cartoon version of a hyena laugh from like The Lion King. All right, all right but I assume that it's something like the traditional American eagle, like the bald eagle. Caw is not actually like an eagle, it's Wait. some sort of hawk. <laughs> this is it. Oh, I like it. Oh, that's like the Joker or something. That's terrifying. Oh, that's terrifying. Can you imagine a, a horde of gnolls coming at you doing that? Just, no, like, like the, just one or two dark. of them in the darkness, just off Around your side. campfire. Oh, now you hear Okay, no. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry, sorry, that was... No, that was well, goofy. You see, I heard that. <laughs> no, that was Scooby-Doo having an orgasm. ro raggy Ten minute sex joke. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. Hello and welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, the roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. I'm Terry, with me on my left is Adam, on my right is Dan, and today we are talking about gnolls. Gnolies. The more you know, right? <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> I'm not going to do any puns or bits this episode. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, no bits. Yeah, I'm. I'm playing. So now I've got to carry the, the weight of the comedy for this podcast. Yeah. I'm just going to call it preemptive bullshit. There's going to be something in here. It's Dan, you're going to you're going to have to go max effort on dad jokes, otherwise it's not going to work. <laughs> I'm terrible. What's at the dad best jokes. dad joke you know? Uh, what's your definition of best dad joke? Because the only and goody is like, "Hi, blank, I'm dad." Like that's my that's kids will be like, only "I'm tired." Good one. No, you're just wrong. <laughs> uh, but I'm not getting into it because I'm staying focused on Knowles because Knowles are by far my favorite of all of the mobs. So am I. Okay, and uh, I'm going to be the DM for this episode. And I am so fucking excited to talk about Knowles. It's unbelievable because I think they are massively overlooked. They're not taken seriously enough. I don't think they're used correctly. And I think that they're just tied in as another stupid brainless. They are horde that isn't used correctly. No, it... it there's a lot to Knowles. It's it was a little overwhelming, so yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. We're reaching. Hopefully, reaching? they get better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> refuses. Carry on. No, man. I, I I was doing my research, and I've always, for years, just thought they were just another you know feral race of humanoid marauders that you bring into your games, but they're really not. There's a lot of deep lore to them and at, at really a, at a quick glance messed the, up stuff yeah at a quick glance in the monster manual they just seem like feral orcs yeah right but there's so much more they, mm-hmm. they are known for being for their brutality uh, and their d- demonic heritage um and, and they're they're definitely aggressive and they're definitely demonic in their nature their intelligence yes is lower but if you look at things like the wisdom they're still averagely wise their perception of the world is still the same as humans um so I I, and I think that's there purely for their ability to hunt. Like, they carry bows not to preempt, but to catch running away foes. Right. Like, I love that. Right? They're, they're hunters. They're trackers. They just want to kill everything. And they are put down as being chaotically evil. 
by alignment in the monster manual. And sure, we can stick with that for the most part. But the way I look at it is I think the alignment quite often is just based off of what we believe as people in the real world generally. Because you might look at their society. Yes, they're very aggressive. Yes, they live for the protection of the pack. They're not particularly individually ambitious. It's not that any one of them wants to be the pack leader at any one time. They're more just concerned with the welfare and the security of the pack. One little known thing about gnolls, for example, is they will actually put themselves in front of another gnoll to take damage instead of that person so that they can preserve the strength of the pack. They're not individually looking to be the best at any one time. Uh, Adam and I were talking beforehand a little bit, and I was like, they got a little bit of a hive mind almost, right? Yeah. Like, like, they're all always on the same page. Yeah. Well, that's right? because that page is very simple and has six letters on it. And it spells hungry. And that's it. There's not like... I love gnolls, and I think there's a lot to them when you get into the flavors of the different gnoll builds. Um, but if you just look at your basic gnoll, it's I mean, the, hungry, 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 yeah. hungry. That's it, right? That's what goes through their head. And it's yeah. not hungry, even... hungry, hungry, hungry. Ooh, pray! Hungry, 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 hungry. Right. No, right? you're right, but it's not even particularly about... It's not like orcs. It's not about expansion of territory. No. It's just about... Slaughter. Con- slaughter and continuing survival. And for gnolls, I guess we didn't clarify, for those people at home who are not too familiar with gnolls, they are uh, humane-like hyena people, essentially, that have all of the um, the uh, predatorial traits of, of hyenas and other hunting animals. Um, but they're, they're, they'll stand up on two feet and they wield weapons just like the rest of us. The thing that surprised me about gnolls is, and I didn't know this until I pulled out the first gnoll mini ever out of one of the, the mini packs, uh, the random packs there. I pulled it out and I saw that Nobody's going to touch that? All right, okay, I'm just going to move along. If, if I'm not doing the jokes, you guys have to. I didn't. Okay, all right. I pulled it out. Oh, no, all right, fine. Dad, he's talking about his penis. Right. I missed it because I wasn't expecting you to say jokes. All right. If, if your penis resembles a knoll, see a doctor. Yeah. So I pulled this mini out of the pack. Still nothing. Oh, the pack, hyenas. Right, anyway, and... It was so much bigger than the orcs. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going. So, so I told you so, for a fact that he was not going to be able to resist. He lasted five minutes. Before I'm, I'm, talking jokes. About his I'm, I'm literally talking about the miniatures. I'm expecting you guys to make the jokes, but you're just letting me down. Okay, come on. And, and there's no it. joke in there. So look, what I'm saying is the gnolls are freaking huge. They're like seven feet tall. They are up there with Goliaths pushing the very limits of what is a medium-sized creature. They essentially look like uh, the werewolves on Underworld. Yeah. 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 That's, what, that's how I imagine them. What a terrible movie. No, shut, shut your Wash mouth. your mouth out with soap. Kate Beckinsale can do no wrong. Okay, Pete Davidson, for a little while, we're going to overlook that. Kate Beckinsale can do no wrong. Dan, do you agree? She was involved with Pete Davidson. Kate, that's the bit? Yeah. that's Yeah, she was, yeah. It's over now. Her judgment as a human being is now flawed. Well, mind. he is hilarious, and I get it, but I'm just pretending. He does the same it. thing. She does the angel. She looked the same in the first Underworld movie. That was like 20 she years ago. She does this little nose thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen her in Click? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Adam. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, because I'm so fucking excited about Knowles. I am staying, like, single-mindedly focused. Like, they are single-mindedly focused on things, right? I, the thing that I freaking love about it is the fact that they are, you're right, they're feral. And, and they work as a pack... But their tactics are very simple. And when I think of null tactics, I think of World War Z. Right. Or Zed. I think it's technically copyright World War Z. Mm -hmm. Right. And so with those zombies just coming down the freaking 
um, the alleyway just is this massive, like, slobbering horde. Their arms are, like, pushing the others out of the way because they want to be the one to get yeah. that kill to, in order to eat. And the crazy thing about it is they will straight up ignore deer and bears and everything else because they want intelligent flesh. Yeah. They want to kill intelligent beings, which I absolutely love that flavor. It's not enough to just murder everything as far as the eye can see. Yeah. They have to kill things that have sentience. That's diabolical, and I think it's amazing. And with their their predatorial nature and the fact that they are all about the strength of the pack and they're completely relentless, it, it leads you onto that that idea of of how do you defeat something that is not afraid to die? Yeah. Because that's what they are. They, they're, oh, they're kamikaze. Yeah. Right? Like, as much as they'll jump in front for the other member so the other member stays up the other member will also jump in front for them as well yeah and so the whole group is just kamikaze this is the kind of encounter where you're not knocking off one enemy at a time they're mixing it up right they get down to half hit points they're going to back up and the next guy's going to step forward yeah right these guys will disengage to the back of the battlefield regroup and then head back in from a different angle and it's right? and it's yes they're not academically intelligent but every but neither are wolves wolves are not academically intelligent velociraptors are not academically intelligent but they, i'll argue with you only velociraptors but yeah but, but they they know you know they're not going to sit there and do algebra but they are smart and they're wise in their tactics and what they're doing they're it's not documentary ones where they open doors velociraptors I think that I think it's weird that Knowles don't have pack tactics, but Kobolds do. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm with you on that one. Um, I also find it hilarious, and this is a big danger for uh, specifically parties. Um, Knowles will target the weakest thing. They are all about slaughter. Oh, they're going to so, murder that bar. Oh, I'm going to touch time. on this a lot later and, on. And, and because they, um, because their whole uh, fascination with death and con- consumption and needing to kill and destroy. Like, they have a very nihilistic view of what the end times are going to be when Yanogu's forces have finally succeeded in in destroying the material plane. Um, they have this whole nihilistic view where the only thing left are a couple surviving gnolls and they're just eating each other until they go. Right? Until there's nothing That's left. metal as all hell. It's metal as it hell. Is. But the thing that they will focus on is every single knoll will fight one target until that target is dead and then they will move to another so if you get a, uh, like ambushed by six gnolls and your wizards at half spell slots with half health that dude is dead well let's and, talk right? about this more later on because we're obviously going to talk about combat strategy and stuff oh, yeah. so dan's already getting well, to the good stuff yeah all right but before we even get to that remember they're not targeting mounts right these are not orcs and goblins looking to cripple your traveling party mm-hmm. these guys are going for the kill every time they're going to tear your throat out yep. and i love that and it comes down to the fact that they're demonic right they yep. they have a demonic background yep. they're straight from yinagu well let's get to rolling dice we'll roll dice i'll throw some qu- some questions to you guys you can hold the same order once we have it and let's roll initiative first and we'll go with questions from there you ready let's go what did i get 6 dan got who rolled red i i rolled red you I guys ended nine. up on 14s we both got 14s. Oh, I got knocked, so we both had 14 in the end. So we roll there. We roll for first. I got ten. three. Dan got 10. So what are you asking me, Terry? Uh, first question I'm going to ask you is, uh, what do you like or dislike about Knowles, Dan? Because you were getting towards that already, so I oh, had to stop you. They're so metal. I, I, I just they're love... metal as fuck. Th- that, that Instagram page, Nature is Metal, you mm-hmm. seen that? Yeah. That's what they're like. That's Knowles. Oh, yeah, that's, and, a, that's a subreddit. Instagram just it? steals from it. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But... Uh, I think my favorite part, my favorite little tweak of about Knowles that I, I really thoroughly enjoy, not talking tactics, not talking anything mm-hmm. else, just talking lore, is um, 
there's this one little uh, clip in the Volos, and I was talking about it with Adam as we were going, is they are so relentless and driven towards destruction and consumption that um, you could like cut their arms and legs off and they will just, con- as if they're still alive, they will continue to like chomp and vigorously chase after destruction and, that's and the demonic, savagery. feral nature, right? It, it, it's like there is no stop. You have to put them down in order to put them down. And they are just solely focused mm-hmm. on this, right? Like, and, and I, I, that is my favorite part about Knowles. I think, I th- and I love what you're saying there. And you're talking about how relentless they are and how ferocious they are. And that kind of jumps in with what I'm seeing here as well, which is I think that um, like skeletons and some forms of undead, they're overlooked as to how terrifying they can be. If you're going to lean on that explorative pillar of the game, if you're coming into null territory, you should be describing that terrifying laugh that you hear. The fact that their eyes glow yellow or green in light. So if you're in a dark cavern and the human fighter has their torch out, they should start to see those eyes coming up. And I think what I love about them is that they can be used for truly terrifying encounters, but it gets overlooked when we start Mm. pushing minis on maps. I have used them before as a set piece in my game, as a horde of uh, gnolls was chasing a party um, who was trying to get away on a cart. Right. And like occasionally like a Flind would make their way and catch up mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. Um, and they would have to fight back the Flind or the f- three Knolls before they continued. But there was just this relentless wall of Knolls chasing after them. They're, right? they're environmental. They're an environmental factor. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they, you know, you are in Knoll territory. And you know you are being hunted by them. It would be like the uh, like the hyena territory in the Lion King. That's what I imagine. Yeah. And it's it's not enough to just kill the five that you ran across in your random encounter. You need to get to a walled city and you need to do it now because there are more coming. Yeah. That's my favorite thing about them. I'm sorry, are you done, Terry? Oh, I'm done, yeah. yeah. Okay. My favorite thing about about Knowles is the fact that there are so freaking many of them and the fact that they procreate in the most disgusting, weird way of all time. Um, they don't have little Knoll babies. And as a matter of fact, I'm not even sure there are Knoll women I wouldn't even say that they're no men. They're just how do they pro- How do they procreate? How do they... So what happens is... Uh, so I did... We agreed ahead of time that we're not going to talk about all the different kinds of gnolls. Yeah. We're just going to stay with the base. Like we've done for all the other mob mentality ones. Yeah. Um, but one of the different kinds of them is called the Fang of Yianagu. And what happens is the Fang of Yianagu, uh kills... And when they kill, any hyenas nearby will go and eat the body of their kill. And when the hyenas eat them, they then, like, start to feel bad and fall over on their side and scream and howl and die. And a full-grown knoll will burst from their stomach, ready to go. And so they just automatically spawn through the hyena's life force. Well, they spawn. the so, So the corpse of your fallen enemy plus a ravenous hyena equals a new knoll. I also read that they actually don't live very long. They live till about age 30. Yeah, and that they uh, they don't have a slow aging process. They actually start to deteriorate very quickly. So they're fine, and then over a few weeks will deteriorate and then die. Yeah, yeah, which is just phenomenal. And it's it 
the fact that they're not natural creatures. Yi and Agu made them. Yeah. Right? He turned around and he cursed the hyenas that were following him on the Prime Material Plane after battle one day. And he just turned around and said, you guys are great. I need you to be better than you are, though. And bam, gnolls existed. <laughs> and this was not some, oh, manticore that was created by a wizard or Grumsh needed the orcs to be able to procreate with anybody. There's no godly intervention. There's no breeding in here. There's a demon lord said, and now you exist, and you need to make more, and let's kill fucking everything. Yeah. And that's so cool. There's yeah. nothing that's else like so that. metal. Yeah. Do you have more questions, Terry? I do have more questions. I was going to say, um, when you guys, when you think of gnolls, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Dan, you get to go first. As per the, the laws of The, the first thing that comes to mind, um, underused... I find a lot of people are just going to rest on the laurels, rest on the easy CR level of like, you got your goblin hordes, you got your kobolds, you got your orcs, if you're really going that far, or your hobgoblins, if you're really going that deep. If you're going like a feral horde, a, a um, nomadic force that is just running through the fields, destroying everything in their path, most people will go orcs. And I that's li- like, I love orcs. My handle's Oscar the Orc. I freaking love orcs. But at a certain point, that's lazy. And really, gnolls are so metal. They're so cool. They're such a force of nature in and of themselves that people need to use them. And and orcs are smart enough. I'm going to jump on this for a second. Orcs are smart enough to leave some survivors to allow you to rebuild your society so they can come back in two or three years and fuck it up again and raid more. Gnolls don't give a fuck. They're just going to leave carnage and and not even guts behind. You're going to find knot on bone. Mm-hmm. And that's all it's mm-hmm. like. You find teeth, fingernails, and hair. That's what they leave behind. Yeah, and this is what I, I kind of think of with gnolls. There's a couple of things. Well, first of all, I think of it, and I just talked about the Lion King, again, like the hyenas in the Lion King, which is that they are not loyal to the leader. It's to the strength of the pack, which I think needs to be remembered by DMs when you're playing gnolls. As soon as Scar threatened the pack, they all turned on him yeah. instantly. Uh, so I, I think as, as a DM, playing Knowles, that needs to be remembered. You just said something a second ago, which led to my second point. And I can't remember what you said. What did uh, you say? Uh, I said lots of things. I often say many things. And they they hunt and then they got... I can't remember. Oh, no. They leave behind bone and teeth. No. <laughs> and this is it. And this is what needs to be remembered as well. This Knowles, even though they're ferocious and they're brutal and their society seems awful, it is not that, like, goblins, where they essentially live in misery because they're beaten and they're bullied constantly. These guys are having the fucking time of their life. Oh, yeah. They are, they are living the dream. Well, they don't stop laughing. This for, Yeah, exactly. They're always <laughs> laughing. This ferocity and this carnage, this is what they live for, raiding. They are happily giving their lives for the strength of the pack. They are having the time of their life. And that, I think, adds to how terrifying they are. Okay. Is that they are truly enjoying it. I Look, I agree with you, but the thing that, that my, my answer, what do I think of? Yeah. Or, did you do yours? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. That was it. All right. Stopped right there. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, um, see, I'm starting to be able to sense it. After 40-some-odd episodes, I'm starting to be able to read it. So um, I like them because mechanically, the first thing that I think about is mechanically they're superior to everyone else. All of the other mobs. The other mobs, we haven't gotten to kobolds yet, but just to refresh really quick, are the undead. We did zombies and skeletons. We've done bullywugs, goblins, and orcs. And so the last one is gnolls. And gnolls have more hit points than anyone else, including a goblin boss. They have the top AC, which is equal with uh, goblins and bullywugs at 15. They're second only to orcs for strength. They're as dexterous as orcs. 
They've got a flat con modifier, so it's only uh, like a plus zero, right? But it's still better than kobolds and goblins. They're only outsmarted by orcs and goblins. They're as wise as orcs and bullywugs, which makes them as wise or the wisest of, of them all, right? With the three-way tie there. And their charisma uh, is their weak point. It's as low as the bullywugs, but still not as bad as the undead. Right? I mean, these guys don't give a shit about what their insight role is. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. They're, they're going to eat you. They're a threat. They're not yeah. like, you know, they may become in second or third place if you're going to rank everybody, but they're, and, they're up there. And at a CR half, it doesn't feel too scary. But I'm telling you, man. Especially when you look at their mechanics and their abilities, and if you were to play that strategically or tactically, they can cause real damage and they can cause carnage quickly. Yeah, and they get, but they're the best of all of the mobs. They get dark vision, which not everybody gets. Their passive perception is higher than undead and goblins and kobolds, which means they just inherently know you're there more than fucking kobolds do. Yep. They have their own language, which all of the mobs do except for undead, but that's, I think it's cool. I love the fact that Noel's out. You had a cool thing about language yeah, before, uh, then. So I, I was, in the research, I found out that the Noel language is purely spoken, it is not written at all. Um, oh yeah well it kind of makes sense yeah um the gnolls are not smart enough to care about writing it's it's very specific not smart enough to care about writing down messages because they're all about the progression of destruction um but if a smart gnoll does need to write something down they will use abyssal not null. Which, there's no which means that they would inherently know abyssally. Which means they inherently that know doesn't abyssal. come standard with the basic null. I believe that they understand it, but they can't speak. I read that they understand they can't speak right. Maybe a smarter one can um, speak right. Or yeah, um, by the base stat blocks, it's only null that, that they know. But I think that you're right as far as all the others. It, I mean, they're they're magic. They're demonic, right? It makes perfect sense that when you get smart enough, you know, it says, "All right, here, you need to be able to understand me." Know my language, right? Yeah. And just bestow it upon them. The other thing we're, we talked about, you, you mentioned the mechanics, Terry. You know that zombies don't get a bite, but bullywugs and gnolls do. Yeah. So they're the only one beside bullywugs that get a bite. And we and, disputed that before about zombies. Yeah. Zombies, you get a bite. And, you know, there's, they, get, they get a spear, which gives them versatility for melee or ranged. And their longbow gives them in the best range and the best damage um, out of any of the mobs, right? They're rolling a, a D8 with that. Which is so yeah. So by their by their their basic equipment, they carry longbows. They carry longbows. So they can. And remember, this is a horde. This yep. is a horde that can now hit you from six hundred feet away. Yeah, and I mean, they're not going to. They want to tear you apart with their teeth. Yeah. But if you're running away, you're not going to escape. Yeah. You need cover. You need to get into a cave system. You can't just run across the field. Yeah, that's important to know. They are going to take complete delight in tearing you to shreds. But also, if you're getting away. They also know that they have to stop you. Yeah, you getting to the to the boat to escape is not going to do it. No, right? yeah. this is Indiana Jones. You're going to get there, and then and the the natives are going to start firing their yeah. arrows and their darts from afar. <coughs> well, last question then. Last question then. Um, how would you? Uh, what would you uh, choose to include about Knowles in your homebrew campaigns, Dan? Uh... I would choose uh, what Adam brought up earlier with the um, how they procreate, where uh, they will one they eat everything. They are uh, hyenas are also carrion animals, so like they will eat dead or alive. They'll eat it, right? They will target intelligent creatures first, but they will eat and kill everything if it's so 
strays across their path. Um, but I will definitely throw in the fact that if you have a battle with Knowles and you run away or you are victorious and then you leave without doing anything with the bodies, you have just created another problem, right? Inadvertently have created another problem for everybody. So I would definitely, in my campaign, um, make it so that you tell the party, the party knows in some way, shape, or form that they have to go and you burn the bo- you burn the bodies or you bury the bodies or you get rid of the bodies in some way, shape, or form whenever you encounter gnolls. Why? Otherwise, they will be... Um, other gnolls will come up, eat them, grow out of them, and you now have more gnolls. No, no, no. It's not, that's not even that. They can do demonic uh, rituals and shit and make fucking witherlings. Yeah, and witherlings. Is, yeah, no, witherlings 100% every time. Witherlings 100% every time. Undead gnolls that they don't need to breathe, they don't need to eat. They will kill... But they don't consume, so the rest of the pack just gets stronger. Oh, so once you start with just a couple of those, that's it. Yeah, just, yeah. It'll just it'll get out of control. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I Terry, you're next. I'm so fucking excited. You know what? I I love gnolls as well. I I thinking um, long term exploration and role play with gnolls because I th- we, I think the way that they're viewed is very quick. Ah, oh, horde of gnolls. They're in. They're out. Chaos. Blah. But what about? If you guys have agendas that kind of align, I know they're about the survival of the pack. What about if your party wants to manipulate that or leverage that to to be used as some sort of allies? How do you communicate with people that are of lower intelligence than you? They understand and speak your language, but their priorities are not the same as you. What about if you need to use them over a longer term? How is the political climate or the, the, the territorial climate going to be over a long term? I think we get very short term with Knowles. Um, but if they exist in your world and they're in the territory of where you're playing in, I would really lean on opportunities for uh, for the party to, to have long-term role-play and explorative encounters with them. That's what I want to work on. Well, okay, let me tell you something about the campaign that I'm running on Tuesday nights. They do have long-term interactions with Knowles. I'm in. All right. I have a character for you, and I'm going to run it by you. Uh, oh, we'll do it after this. Okay, so um, I've got a very... I, like, I've already got this one done, which is um, kind of funny. But what happens is we had the party, and they're, uh, it's an evil campaign. They're fugitives. They're on the run, and they end up going through Knoll territory. But there were a bunch of uh, highway guards that, that kept the highways safe, but the guards were corrupt and evil and so on and so forth. So the party killed the guards... And then Standard. the cabin got surrounded by gnolls. And there were a whole bunch of gnoll skins littered all around the area because the guards were using the gnoll skins as furs and whatnot. Yeah. So the gnolls discovered this, and because they got to eat the guards and whatnot, um, the way that I have it is you once you eat intelligent flesh, it clears your mind enough that you've got some basic strategy and language, and you're able to communicate and deal with people. So they thought the party was um was aligned with them and they had recently lost their their uh warband pack leader and so they invited the party back and then it was leader uh the party's leader versus the other leaders oh. and then the party ended up winning and took control of the gnolls and now they have these escorts and there are other packs of gnolls around and you on in this area and so they keep sending out their group of like 30 some odd gnolls out and they keep absorbing smaller warbands as well and into this, but they have to feed them intelligent flesh every 72 hours or the gnolls will turn on them. So they're consistently being like, hey, there's a guard outpost over there. Get them. Fuck them up. Yeah. And so, Wolf, so I that love that. Evil campaign. That's just like a sad time, right? Yeah. 
So for for the for the Tuesday guys, uh, you know me. <laughs> oh my god, Chicago. No, that it's not quite. All right. Oh, it's not the same. Golly, no, no. no. Uh, let's cut to commercial. Are you interested in advertising or becoming a sponsor on our show? Email us at info at itsamimic.com. Should we carry on with our podcast? Is that what we're doing? (laughs) (laughs) All right, team, we're coming into topic two. We're going to talk combat and strategy. We're going to roll a new initiative, and then I'm going to ask you some questions so we can keep things organized and we don't miss things. Sure. Are you ready? Let's go. What did I get? Nine? Man, I'm just not getting any luck. I ended up with a four. You changed dice. Seven. You got a seven? Did you win with a seven? No, you won with a nine. I won with a nine? Yeah. Man. Look at you, DM, going first again. Thank you. Then I shall ask myself the question. I ask myself, I ask myself. What tactics should players use against gnolls? Now, you guys have played for a long time, and you've experienced gnolls more than me. But from my limited experience with gnolls, even though I do enjoy them... I am all about control, <clears throat> controlling movements. I almost died for a second. I'm all about controlling movement. But with gnolls, with the, the, especially with their rampage ability, where if they reduce a, um, a creature to zero hit points, they can then move up to half of their movement again and attack again. That is like overlapping, continuous attacks. So you need to control the movement. And I thought about, do I want to try and corral them into an area? No, I don't want to try and corral them into an area because that can quickly turn bad if I'm corralling myself into an area. Instead, what I think is you need to keep them constantly moving, just constantly moving but reacting to your bullshit, which I talk about, whether it be your your wizard is over, bringing them over to wherever they are, misty step in teleporting, whatever, getting out of the way, going to a new place, but essentially you need to be moving them constantly so that their turn is just trying to get to the next piece of bait. They're not intelligent. They're just looking to kill the weakest thing. And all of them are going to attack that same thing at once. If you can take that bait, but you can move it, the rest of the party can rain fucking hell on them. You just keep them moving around. Because they're not smart enough where they're going to start. It's like dogs. I love dogs. My dog is is very smart most of the time. But I can just keep throwing the fucking ball in different directions and she'll keep going. Yep. So I think that's what we need to do with hyenas. Hyenas and gnolls. And gnolls. And, uh, and, and also fucking have fuck hyenas as well. <laughs> Um, I funny enough, I would say the opposite. Tell me why. Okay, so my whole thing with gnolls, if you are getting attacked by a gnoll raiding party of some of some size, whether it be you know six or twelve gnolls, um, the best tactic is to turtle. They will outmove you every single time. So you put your high AC guys on the outside line, protecting your squishy gooey guys in the middle, and you just wither the storm and then you destroy the bodies it's the best way to do it if you are going to show some sort so of you try and just turtle down to get through their essentially their action economy of their turn exactly and then you you explode out and murder them and then go back to turtling right you need to be you are with Knowles, you have to be a little bit more defensive because they are so aggressive lots of dodge actions lots of dodge actions lots of just trying to make them waste their turns in some way shape or form um, get them stuck in that movement is essentially what Terry said though keep moving so well, well, waste but well you're saying you're saying down. stay I'm, put I'm saying make them move make though. them move yeah I'm saying stay put and wither the storm because if you have a large enough number. No, one second, one second, one second. Okay. If you have a large enough number of gnolls and they are not being able to make any sort of progress, they are wise enough to be like, "All right, well, this fight's going to take too long. We're going to move on to another fight." Hmm. Right. 
So you are withering the or weathering the storm. Thank it's you. like uh, that's what I was going to stop you for because that's what I was going to stop you there. It's but there's witherlings here. Like I see what you do. Yeah. But, um, like, you but got, what you about that's like saying I don't think they're going to get bored and leave. I mean, I think they may move on to easier prey if you're at a walled little fortress and there's a caravan nearby that they get catch wind of. They'll go off to the caravan. But if but, you're not the only thing in sight, yeah. Actually, that that brings up a if you have a simple illusionist. Throw like sure, the, Dan. Use my turn. Why don't you? What? Oh no! Uh, I was next, and my whole thing was going to be illusions. That's, okay, sorry. Hey, that's the risk Adam. I don't want to take that away yeah. from you. Go ahead. What do you got? Well, no, you freaking did it already. Well, sorry, I prematurely. Adam, I'm sure you had more to your point. All right. I, instead of illusions, because Dan decided to blow that wad already <laughs> prematurely. It's my life. <sighs> Dan, don't. The internet is forever. Oh, the Terry. internet also forgets. Uh, no, it doesn't. No, it Not doesn't. Once. No, Never. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. There's a, there's a lot of all your base are belong to us. Yeah, and there's a lot oh, of me- back. yeah. There's a lot of memes out there that have not been forgotten. But anyways, but okay. So besides the idea of casting illusions to, to get them moving in other directions, I would say if you're playing even a moderately neutral campaign, or if you're playing a good campaign. But your players are iffy about whether or not killing a goblin is considered murder, even if they're captured. Path of least resistance type party. Yeah, if, if you're even kind of gray area at all morally, go to the nearest dungeon, get some criminals, put them in chains, and bring them with you. This is a, another idea that you don't have to be faster than the, than the bear. You have to be faster than the slowest member of your party. Yeah. So if they're going to ignore all of the mounts and all of the pets and everything else, you need to drop an intelligent being in the kneecap. Just kneecaps down they go. And then you step back 40 feet or whatever your range needs to be and and hit them from afar. Fucking bomb burst. So instead of shooting like the your sled dog, you shoot the... Well, you know, the sled dog won't cut it. Right? The heavy Terry, Terry, that won't work this time. No. Yeah, no. I have got, to you, kill you, you have to shoot, you know, the seven-foot-tall miner in the I'm leg not, to make him slow down. Right. And I'm used to killing weaker targets with my hands, but I'm willing to make an exception. Yeah. yeah. So, no, but but that's that's really where I'm coming from in this. And it could be something simple. Remember, it's an intelligent creature. Put a fucking pixie in a jar with an air hole. And put the jar in the middle of the field and run back. The gnolls will all land on that jar, Fuck. right? I know it's evil. It's it's not a good. It's not a good hey. answer, but it's a good answer. So hey, so is the it good. Evil? It's not illegal. The good good and answer would be use illusions. Create. They're not smart. Make something run away, right? Like give them the image of something to focus on, so you can slow them slow that wave down. To come towards you. Hey, do gnolls sleep? I assume they do, but I have trouble picturing it. I have a lot of trouble picturing it. I would assume no. They well, are I, just I, so hungry. Well, they, there is a uh, thing where, like, if they eat intelligent beings, they get that moment of clarity, right? And I think that's the moment of clarity. They were like, oh, great. Oh, I haven't slept in three days. Oh, I'm fucking tired. Yeah. Yeah, they have the post-coital pass out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> now Terry speaks. There, no, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. We're not going to go into it now. Okay. Yikes. Dad's been a lot more dominant tonight. He's really not letting us fly with this shit. Next question. Please. <laughs> um, what tactics should DMs use when playing against Nulls? 
playing, playing against Knowles. We're Your Knowles. players are not Knowles. Knowles are not a playable this. race, people. Yeah. Do not roll a Knoll. You fucking know that I just said the sentence wrong. That I was no, I, right? I'm, 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 I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm talking to the internet. Stop trying to make Knowles a playable race. Wow. They're not. Okay, tell me. Well, let's yeah, yeah, side yeah. quest on this real quick. Why not? They are... They're, they're too single-minded. They're with, too single-minded about everything. There's, there's Without a fault. They're demonic What creations? about if you're playing an evil campaign and you had a null barbarian? Okay, all right. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I got one. I, I like where you're going with that. But how do you keep them from just going into the blood rage all of the time? Right? Because a barbarian has two rages a day, which means you got two minutes of rages. Right? Yeah. I mean, you get more later, but we'll go with two. We'll go with two. At, at some point, you got to realize the other 23 hours and 58 minutes are not... You're still freaking raged, right? Right, yeah. So I'm with you 100%, Dan, except if you get troll meat, troll jerky. It has been sun-dried, so it is still technically trying to regenerate all of the time, but very slowly because it's got a sunburn. And it's technically an intelligent creature, and so the knoll gets you to sit there and chew on this jerky, ah. and there's still a little bit of the jerky left, and so he can only stay sane as long as he has the jerky. If he doesn't get that jerky within 72 hours, he becomes an enemy and it's it's player versus player until they can get him food to clear his mind for 72 hours and get more troll jerky. That is how I do it. It's a regeneration factor of the troll that, that makes us... Fuck me, my fucking brain hurts right now. I, I, I really like that. But for the most part... But for be- the most part, stop making trolls... Uh, stop making gnolls a fucking playable race. Stop trying to. If you want to play something that's a little bit more feral, in that respect, there's shifters in Eberron. There's there's so many different options out there for you. Fuck, play a kobold or a goblin or a lizard folk. There's rules for lizard folk. And yes, lizard folk are more mechanical. Like, they're more robotic in well, there. They're lizard-brained. They're very lizard-brained. But they are more uh, available to... Player character I think, status. I think the problem is that, that there's no such thing as a dog race. We get cat race. We get lizard race. We get fish race. We got we have dragon race. We got a couple I, dragon races. I didn't races. even mention Tabaxi, yeah. Right? There are all sorts, uh, but there's no dog race, which seems like an oversight. Play play a Tabaxi, just uh, make it look like a dog and, and, and reflavor it in a way. Oh, like, no, that actually that bothers me for some reason. Yeah, I that, like that. that doesn't sound no, that doesn't like, feel right. Maybe tweak it. Like, talk to your DM to tweak it. Give it like a constitution bonus instead of a dexterity bonus or something right like I still don't like it uh yeah the purist in me it bothers me no the cat lover in me it bothers me what tactics should DMs use when playing gnolls <laughs> alright when playing gnolls be true to their nature act almost as a singular mind and without ambition remember cause absolute chaos and disrupt plans early gnolls are not thinking like your PCs are thinking and what I mean by this is your PCs will not gladly give their life for each other. This is not how they think. They think essentially self-preservation. They fucking won't, Dan. Okay? They won't. Literally 9 out of 10 of my characters will. I will take the bullet uh, from my okay. team. Yeah, but not Dan- Locky. Locky won't. Locky would sit there and shoot your fucking leg off if it really benefited him in some way, shape, or form. And he did. But 9 <laughs> times out of 10... My characters will take the bullet and do that. Okay, but I mean this quick. I mean this quick. Battle is on. Knolls are going. Enemy. Go, 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 go. Do not stop. Do not stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going. Players are going, ah, ah, what should we do? What should we do? Fuck you. You didn't help me. Blah, blah, blah. Like, they start bitching and whining. Okay? It's too late. It's already gone. So what I'm saying is a DM... Put that pressure of time on the players. Hey, you're fighting, and you're fighting now. Yeah, no, and they will not stop. They will not stop. So while you're whining that you might lose your fucking magic spear, they're already on you. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Okay, next part. Thinking tactics. 
is, and we touched on it earlier, but I just want to reinforce this point, is remember that, yes, Knowles will initially go for that melee-style attack, but also that they do, they are proficient with and understand the use of ranged weapons. They just do not delight in it as much. So just because your party is starting to escape, your horde of Knowles can continuously attack them every six seconds for up to 600 feet. So the, the, the gnolls are not an easy thing to get away from. They will pressure, pressure, pressure until they can't anymore, and then they're going to make you suffer until you get out of that 600-foot range. And for the average player, that's that's 10 rounds, right? Mm-hmm. So 30-foot movement, but you dash for 60, yeah. and you got to get 600 in order to get away. Yeah. That's, and uh, they're rolling with disadvantage, sure, but there's 15 of them. So yeah. now what? Yeah. Uh, for me, the big thing for uh, – I would, I would really stress – Make Knowles an environmental threat. <coughs> like you mentioned with the put a time effect on them. Um, have a have an encounter in your game that is a chase. Have have um, an unwinnable situation that your party has to deal with of just this army of Knowles descending upon either this village or whatnot. Um, really, really focus on that. And always, always, always remember... Knolls are wise enough to point out the weakest person in a group, and they're and they're strong enough to be able to take them out, and they will single out a target until it's dead before they move on to another one. Mm-hmm. I know that's really calling for a lot of DMs to you know target a single player, but when you're dealing with Knolls, that's how they play. But also, here's the thing, because people will complain about that type of stuff. You have to be honest with them from the start. Yes. You have to, in your... There needs to be an NPC that warns them that this shit is coming. Yeah, yeah. and you and with your description, you need to say, you see the gnolls in the distance that are attacking whatever their food is. They seem to be all attacking the same thing, and they will not stop until it's dead. Or words to that effect. Mm-hmm. As long as you're well, honest have, with have like a, a caravan guard, wounded, climb his way, crawl his way to the gate that he managed to escape the gnolls. one of them goes for them. Yeah. Right? And, and just be like... They took everyone out one by one, right? Just bring that bring that mention in, bring that notion in, yeah. so that your party is well equipped, and then do it. Um, Knolls are deadly, and yes, they're a mob, but they're deadly, and you gotta play them. Sorry. And and even when it gets to the point where the gnolls are attacking the the PCs, you can say, as mentioned to you before, or as you remembered from before, all of the gnolls are attacking one person, mm-hmm. and they are moving towards you. The wizard. Oh, have have like whatever pack leader or uh that one over there, yeah, get him! Just no, not even that, just like a point and a bunch of barks, right? And then all of the arrow all the bows and arrows, you know, focus on the wizard, right? Kill the one in the dress, why not? Yeah. I always imagined that hyenas wouldn't point with their hands, but we'll kind of do it more with their mouth. With their nose, they're doing the snout point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah. Adam? Okay, so I have three, and you guys only touched on one, which was good. So good. Um, I'm just going to reiterate again that, yes, they're going to go for the kill every single time. The players, however, we're talking about, you know, oh, they're going to try to kill the players. Or whatnot. There's no retreat mechanic. We, we've said it a couple of times, but there isn't one for Knowles, and that's so important. Orcs will fall back and regroup. A goblin will get down to half hit points and fuck off, yeah. right? Knowles will not. They will go for the kill. They're, yeah. they're there to the last man standing. The same way their party, if you, if you sit there, oh, put on the handcuffs, your players will sit there and go, all right, are we rolling an initiative or what? We're going to fuck up these guards. There's 18 guards. We can do it. 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how gnolls think. Yeah, yeah. players are gnolls. You get to think like <laughs> I am that player, as Adam well knows. So I'm like going trying to do the math in my head, of which I cannot. Go ahead. We got it. There's 18 of them. Is that it? Got it. I've got 10 fingers. So do you. Let's yeah. do this. I know, I know the prime colors. Let's do it. <laughs> um, my next thing is that uh, it's in the it's in the text that they do keep trophies. Right, mm-hmm. and so the idea of the trophies that they keep would be skulls and fingers. I'm trying to think of things that they don't eat. Yeah, right. There's not a whole lot of flesh or meat on them, so they would have like rib cages on their uh, as adornment on their armor. Yeah, like right? over their shoulders and stuff. Again. Yeah, they would, they, would, they would have skulls and skulls hanging by hair, mm. right, or, or scalps and whatnot. So I like the idea of using this armor and these trophies as evidence and plot points. So that when you are trying to give the idea that, hey, what happened to that caravan over there? And we have to let, let you know that it was Knowles that did it. Instead of showing the caravan and there's a whole bunch of Knoll prints and the tracker found. No, fuck that. Come across the Knowles who just are wearing the clothes, like the torn uh, rags of the people that, that you yeah, have seen. That's right? super awesome. I love that. So um, I like the idea of them being scavengers as far as gear because they don't make their own armor or weapons or, or anything, right? If they have a wagon, it's because they took that wagon. Yeah. So And this is the part of the, the exploration pillar of the game that we lose is why are these gnolls what's so significant about them? Why are they different to other people? Yeah. What is the evidence of where they've been before? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my, my other thing, my last thing is We've mentioned it a couple of times really quickly, but I really want to do a shout out to the hyenas. I know there's no pack tactics for gnolls, but they should always be moving, be moving with hyenas. And I know there's CR0, but when you're building an encounter DMs, treat the hyenas, if they're with gnolls, like they're a CR quarter. Because they have better AC than skeletons, they have as many hit points as a kobold, they have 50 feet movement... And they've got better perception. Shit, they have 50 Sorry, feet. Sorry, pardon? Five zero, 50 feet. That's, they no, that's no dash. A, that's hyena, a hyena moves faster than a wolf. Yes. <laughs> Fucking okay. Seems weird, but all right, sure. <laughs> uh, and they do in reality as well. That oh, is, really? Yeah, they're super fast. They really? Huh. Yeah. And so uh, their passive perception is higher than a knoll, so they're going to be good for sniffing out Well, that's the why prey. they're using them, right? They're, they're right? tracking them. But they have pack tactics. So you can have eight hyenas get around a level four character... And they're still going to fuck up that that level four character. The the action economy works in the favor of the hyenas, but remember when you put it with the knoll, now the hyena is granting the knoll advantage on attacks. Yeah, that's nuts, right? If you can get those hyenas to flank, and if you can surround the weakest member by with three knolls and five hyenas, I don't give a fuck about your disengage. Where are you going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you got fly, you're not doing much of anything. Yeah. Right? And that's scary. Because when you go down, and here's the other thing. Gnolls will go for the kill. They're not going for the death save. They're not going for the unconscious. They don't give a shit about their captives. When a person drops, the hyenas, all eight of them, or all five hyenas and all three gnolls, are all going to use their attack to keep hitting until the person is dead. So if the first one drops you to zero hit points... You have seven more attacks that you have to weather. They have to miss you. And they get advantage because you're prone. Initiative is fucking paramount with gnolls. Yeah, and that's it. And so this is why, like, a hyena, yeah, CR zero. A level one can wipe a hyena off the map. Three hyenas with two gnolls, that's like fighting four gnolls. Yeah. Right? It's a whole different game. So 
I really like the idea of using gnolls for tier two. I know they're CR half, but give a shit ton of them and let them just because they won't stop. CR is all it's it's very well thought out. Of course, the game's been play tested so much, but it is all based on strategy and tactics and how well and, do you use these, these and, people and environments. I would take on gnolls in. See, you guys fought gnolls in a sewer system, right? Mm-hmm. Where it was ten feet or five feet and, hey, and in blind my defense, corners. I did have burning hands. Okay. <laughs> you, you guys, but you managed to hold your own. It was rough. You were totally overwhelmed, but you weren't killed because you could bottleneck things. If it had been that number of gnolls in the open, you'd have been fucked in three rounds. No one would have walked away from that. Yeah, yeah, you're and, right. And so you have to use the environment. I'd be looking for natural environment. Climb trees. Right? For players, get up a tree. Up a right? You tree. can't get surrounded if you're up a tree. The tree can get surrounded, but you're not taking a whole whack of attacks. Right? So, there's yeah. you're not worrying about hyenas at that point. What about this? What's your favorite kind of null? My favorite kind of Dan, null? Dan, you get to go first on this if we're going to follow the same laws. Tell me why. Uh, one, they're metal. They're just metal as hell. But uh, I, I love the... Knolls are so relentless that death doesn't stop them. And I love that aspect of them. I love I love this, you know, strands of sinew and tissue hanging off this knoll skeleton, which we've already mentioned. They are pushing the limits of what a medium creature is. So there's human skeletons and there's elf skeletons no, this walking is around. Monstrously this thing's big. Monstrous, monstrously big and it's fast and it's feral and it has the same persistence that a normal knoll will have. They're terrifying and I love them and... They are horribly underused. You kill a, a, an entire group of gnolls and you leave them alone, witherlings will spawn from their corpse and move on. If the rest of their tribe doesn't arrive, eat them and spawn more gnolls. And even still, their skeletons get up and walk forward and are witherlings. Yeah. Right? Uh, witherlings should be a... Um, if you're in tier 2, tier 3... Witherlings are the thing that hits before even the hyenas do, in my opinion. Right? All of a sudden, you're these undead um, null skeletons are smacking themselves against the city gates, and you're sitting there like, "What the hell is going on here?" And that's when the hyenas come, and then that's when the gnolls come, and then further in the back, that's when the flins and the fang of Yenogus come. Yeah. Right. So I, I, witherlings, man, they're they're I love them, I absolutely love them. Terry, I think you were supposed to go first, but you told Oh, was I? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought Dan was going first. Um, mine might sound boring, but I'm really just thinking mechanically and what I enjoy about um, about Knolls here, which is, is is the Knoll Pack Lord. Because the Knoll Pack Lord has a mechanical ability where it can cause a rampage attack from another Knoll within 30 feet of it. Pack Lord would be further back, and if you're surrounding... A particular NPC, a character, or whatever, whatever you're trying to kill, whatever the, the pack is going for the kill, they can incite another attack as a reaction from a particular null. And I think this is going to be game-changing more often than you realize. Every single round, these guys are going to be able to incite that reactionary attack to ensure that the pack is putting all of their force onto one person, one at a time, taking out your NPCs. My answer here. Yes. Now, um, I do want to say, I want to point out the fact that Ianagu has a stat block in uh, Avernus, um, in Descent into Avernus. And, really? Yeah, and it's fucking badass. 
but it's also CR twenty, and I'm uh, not going to use a demon lord. You want specifically Noel, right? Noel, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to break the rules in a different way. Then I'm going to bring up a fiend that is directly related to Noel's and Yinagu, and it's the Krokuk Toek. The Krokuk Toek is a gargantuan beast. Sounds like a Bollywood god, but sure. Well, as a matter of fact, it is kind of aquatic because it is uh, it's kind of like the top half is a giant toad slash hyena and the bottom half is a fish. And it technically has arms, but it has a giant fuck off maw full of razor sharp teeth. And Yinagu uses it as a troop transport through the freaking uh, river Styx because its mind cannot be affected by the mind altering nature of the river Styx. And what it does is it can disgorge its allies up to 3d6 gnolls on its recharge ability. So this thing is spawning gnolls. The idea is that it holds them in its stomach. And then every round, it either bites or pukes up up to 18 more gnolls. The thing is nasty. CR 14. CR 14. It feels like it should be higher. Yeah, that, that well, well, okay. 14 feels low when it spawns 3d6 gnolls and a fang of Yanogu. So, so here's the thing. It, uh, it's resistant to a whole bunch of crazy shit. It's immune to a whole bunch of crazy shit. It's got almost 300 hit points. Its AC is only 15 because it's so big. It's got a speed of 60 feet on land or water or jump, which is fantastic. Or jump, 60 feet jump? Yeah, it can just straight jump without a running start. Why do you ever have it? Do anything run. else, but yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, can't be, um, it can't have its memory or its mind altered or affected. And its bite attack has 15-foot reach. It has a plus 14 to hit. And it does 10d6 plus 9 piercing damage. Fucking I'm out. This nope. this is what it does. How when is that only a 14? And if it's producing... And uh, does because, it, because it recharge the, for, for the gnolls? Uh, yeah, oh. so, yeah, it recharges on a 6. Oh, okay, okay, so, okay. So what else does it... Can it spawn there? Because I, I... Oh, yeah. Correct so, me if I'm wrong, but does that say 1d3 Balguras? No, it actually says 1d4 Balguras. It also, Fuck. It also says 3d6 gnolls led by one gnoll fang of Yanagu, or 66 dretches, or 1d3 Vrocks. Or just for Dan, I would have it do uh, 3d20 surges. Yeah. Just for you. But just like the swarm. But sometimes Yinagu steps out of it as well. That's built into his lore. Is that he's Yinagu's like personal limo. Is there a mechanic for whether or not he comes out? or is that No, just... no. It's just in the it's in the flavor that he's used sometimes. So I love this. The Krokek Toek. They're almost like, like Star Wars troop transports. That's exactly what it is. And so I think the idea. and See, I love it. You cannot sense when this thing is near. It just erupts from the water and goes, Hurrah! and all of a sudden there's up to 19 gnolls because you have the fang of Yinagu. And then every time you get within 15 feet of it, it wants to bite you and it's going to wreck shit. The reason it's only a CR 14 is that by the time that you have five level 14 characters, you'll be able to kill this thing in three rounds. Right? You're going to have the action economy is working in your favor. Yeah. But... Yeah, not if it's you don't get the top friends. end of the 3d6. Yeah, right. Otherwise, you're going to spend your turn. Yeah, there'll be minions at that point, but you still got to spend your turn dealing with that bullshit. Yeah, you need to have your big area of effect, your sleet storm stuff slowing them down. And like this thing, it's gnarly and I love it. It's such a weird addition and it's brand new. People aren't thinking about it for gnolls yet, right? I love the idea. How do you make gnolls? How do you make a gnoll encounter high levels? This is how. Yeah, yeah exactly. Toic. And the idea is that in theory, there's <clears throat> no actual limit to how many this thing can hold. If you guys don't deal with it for 15 rounds, I can just keep spewing gnolls for 15 rounds. Yeah. 
So have this thing pop up through like a va- uh, one of those thin veils through reality, pop up into your uh, normal world and just start spewing. So this thing is sitting in the center of a no well, war camp. It's massive, yeah. but also I mean like, okay, so let's say, yeah, you were saying no limit, but let's say you went for 10 rounds for whatever reason. Let's say it produced miraculously 10 nulls each time. You, 100 nulls makes perfect sense. I'm looking at this room right now. We could have 10 rows of 10 people in this room. It'd be tight, but yeah. We could do it, but say, but is the stomach or whatever of the inside of this creature is clearly around about well, the same well, size. Well, you, you look at the, at the troop trans, uh, transports for D Day, yeah, right, and how like they, those guys were packed together, shoulder to shoulder, yeah. on those on those amphibious troop transports, right. So it's essentially the same thing, except this one can bite, and it's it's technically alive and can leave and will bring back more. Interestingly enough. There's only one. That's not a type of creature. That's the creature. Oh, that is only one. Okay. Yeah, that's Yinagu's pet. Oh, okay. Oh, so okay. that makes it a little bit better because I'm like, how is he not one yeah. with like a swarm of these things? How has the blood war not been one? Okay. Yeah, right. But this is how he, how Yinagu brings his masses into the nine hells because he just comes down the river, sticks in it, right? And I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I like the idea of just puking up enemies. So there's my answer. That's metal as hell. I, I love it. it. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the art is fantastic. Yeah. All right. It was awesome. Okay. Um, should we take this thing to a shout out? Yeah. All right. So I got a shout out right now. And that shout out is to uh, Justin, Caitlin, and James and Avery. These are my Tuesday group. Um, these guys have been running an evil campaign for a while. They're a shit ton of fun. What I want to do here pretty quickly is start... Uh, I think I'm going to do a couple of specials in the new year about their campaign diaries and get everybody up to speed because I've never seen a campaign like this. This is an ongoing, long-term, from low level all the way up evil campaign that is based around the deck of many things. They're all about you on T. They're all about Knowles. They're all about um, time-traveling warlock ostrich kenkus. Don't think about it. It's awesome. And there is so much crazy shit. They've got an Azur, uh, and uh, they've got an Azur who is one of their minions, but he worships Nerul, the god of death. And so his head burns with black flame. And there's just, there's all sorts of fun stuff. And you guys will recognize the fact that they've enslaved a uh, dwarf named Dunnan. And they have, yep. And uh, they have a best friend who runs a death cult with them named Bruns. <laughs> is it the same Bruns? Uh, it is a different Bruns. This one's got an evil tint to him. But the best thing about it is the fact that I recently killed Caitlin's character. She went one-on-one uh, fighting some, I want to say T. No, I think it was Knowles. She went one-on-one fighting um, in, a, in a fighting pit, and she ended up getting polymorphed into a frog, put inside a steel box that locked and then they shook it and threw it in the fire so she took enough damage to unpolymorph and got um, mushed inside of it. And so her and all of her gear turned to pulp and then she was summoned back from death because she's a worshiper of Nerul. We could have some crazy batshit stuff in this and they put up with a lot and they're brand new players. Man, new players... They're the best. Are the best. Yeah. They're and, so full of wonder and hope. <laughs> or pure evil. Or pure evil. Because this is where this is essentially their purge. Yeah. They're like, what can we do? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. There's uh, no rules. I, do whatever I, you want. We straight up had a session zero when they said, um, you cannot hurt dogs, but can we kill babies? And it was not a, like, is that okay? It was a request. 
They wanted to go. Oh, they were murder. asking you, the DM. Yeah. Think, can we? May we please murder children? Yeah. And so then, when they ran into the Children of Laughter, which you guys are familiar with, yeah, uh, they then tried to murder the shit out of them. So uh, they are in their defense. One of our players also tried to do that. So <laughs> they are playing kind of the dark mirror image world of of the regular campaign on our my Sunday campaign, and it is absolutely wonderful watching them completely destroy and demolish. Sounds fantastic. Um, the entire campaign and everything they run into. So I wanted to give them a shout out because they're absolutely phenomenal. 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 You know me! Let's talk example encounters. Okay. You guys ready for this? Okay. Can we do what we did before? Roll initiative then I want to ask you guys some questions. It seems to be very clean. It works for me. Yep. I like uh, Merci. Mon ami. That's elvish. Would, hey. you, would German be draconic? Dr- draconic? Would, yeah, I mean, like Germanic, German draconic. German never sounds happy ever, but I imagine neither just draconic. I would say that what never sounds happy? I would say Latin is more draconic. Yeah. I see Latin as more draconic. Latin, no, I imagine Latin to be celestial. Well, uh, well that's fair enough. Would I always it, imagine would, would, would Elvish, be, Elvish would be French, for w- sure. Yeah. Would Draconic be Greek? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would say Celestial is Greek. I would say Celestial is, is even Hebrew? No. No, Celestial is Latin, for sure. All right. Okay, hold on. Draconic is going to... No, all right. Draconic's German. No, German is... German is Orc. German's Orc. Yeah, German actually... Uh, no, Norwegian is Orc. You think no, so? Norwegian is like uh, just is imagine. Ger- is German null? N- no. No. I feel like I'm close. Is all right. So abyssal. We're spending it, way too much. Dwarvish time would be what? Like what? Dwarven Scottish. Gaelic, like Gaelic. Yeah, it's, ga- it's Gaelic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, say, that's the easiest please one. Please say Gaelic. Gaelic. No. Gaelic. Gaelic it's is how Gaelic. it's in Canada. It's Gaelic. Gaelic. It, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Yes, it no, is. It's not. Yes, no, it is. it's not. I it's Gaelic. I'm so happy. <laughs> and, and, I by, do. and by the way, halfling is Gaelic or Gaelic. And gnome. Gnome is Gaelic or Gaelic. Well, actually, it's so not Gaelic. Or Gaelic, it's Gaelic. No, no, no. Gnome is Swedish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can't fight you on that one. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway. Not like Dutch. Back to the tangent. <laughs> Sorry. We're gonna <laughs> lay this out one day. One. No, We're gonna it. lay this out one day. We Dragonborn is Japanese. Well Dragonborn is Draconic, isn't it? Yeah, but Draconic is Japanese is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm saying Draconic's Japanese. Mm, Maybe. Mm, 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 no, I don't like it. Uh, it's uh it's Italian. No. No. No, I it's can't iconic. imagine like a red dragon popping down. Okay, first of all, they're not fucking Disney characters. That was more Swedish than anything. <laughs> yeah, and second of all, I'm thinking like the Roman legions were probably dragonborn. I'm thinking like ancient Roman. I'm no, not thinking. I imagine Roman legions to be like hobgoblins almost. Well, that's because no, no, hobgoblins, hobgoblins are, are modeled after Roman legions. No, they're not. They're samurais. Look at all their art. They're modeled after uh, like yeah, samurai. Kind of sam- I know what the reason you're saying because I see the spears and the shields, but they are more samurai now. They're, they're, they're plate mail. So is goblinoid, goblinoid like 
Chinese or Japanese? Like, is it Mandarin? Is it Cantonese? No, it, no, no Goblinoid no, is, no. is Japanese. I would say that... I was almost racist. Tabaxi <laughs> <laughs> is Native American? That's a t-shirt right there. That's a, it's a, it's a, it was almost racist. <laughs> Can we get back to the, to the actual... Yeah, okay, yes, okay, yes. okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Did we figure out what is Draconic, though? Uh, it's German. No, man, it's... No, German oh, no, is said Russian for German is Orc. Yeah. German is Orc. I uh, agree, German is Orc. Uh, I like Russian as an alternative to Dwarvish. I think dwarves could be Russian. There's not enough Russian dwarves in D&D for my life, and it makes absolute sense. Yeah. And Boris is a perfectly... an Ivan? These are dwarfish names. <laughs> Don't you think, Dan? No, no, I'm 100... Yeah. Uh, so what are... Podcast. Podcast, guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> podcast. Yes. Take this to the end. Um... How would you make Noel combat scary at higher levels? Shit, we never determined the order. Yeah, no, I'm going to put that back down. I, know, I, was, I was 16. I you were 16. Yeah, I'm 11. 15. I'm going last. Okay, okay, cool. Go ahead. Yeah, Adam, uh, Dan, Dan. What Trois. was your question? Trois. Um, How would you make Noel combat scary at higher levels? Well, I mean, besides the crooked toic, um, I would really lead with the concept of um, you hear the laughing. That is how I really hit you with the with the frightening factor. Is you hear, um, okay, you're talking about scary at high levels, but I like the idea of you're at camp and you've got someone's agreed to take watch, but they don't have dark vision, and your party hasn't figured this out yet. That the human taking watch is, I don't care how far you can see, man. You got a torch, yeah. And then you hear the the giggle in the darkness, and you play it. You play that nonsense that you started the episode off with, right? And you you play that video, and everyone goes, oh, that's creepy. And then you play another one where it's looped, so there's two of them going. And then three. And then six. And then 35. And now it is just a dull roar of laughter. Mm -hmm. And now all you can see is green and yellow eyes in the darkness. Yeah. And there are 50 sets of them. Yeah. That's a terrifying encounter. Mm -hmm. And that, because of the action economy, is a terrifying encounter at level 13 or 14. Right, sure, you can cast your fireball, and these guys only have like 50, like 22 hit points, I think, right? But that's enough. That's two hits. Yep. Right? That's two hits if you're not rolling well in your damage die, right? And you better hit them all as well. So, I mean, you yeah, you need to hit with fireball. You need to get your chain lightning. You're doing your big area of effect, and if you are surrounded, you have to have area of effect going in every different direction. And the barbarian has taken up that third of the battlefield, just staying alive long enough. Right, that's a good player tactic. Send out the barbarian enraged and have them focus on the barbarian. Yeah, right. If he can, if he can suck up hey, that damage, I'm just gonna say it. That's their fucking job as well. Yeah. By the way, if if we're stuck in an, an entranceway to a giant cave and we know the gnolls are coming in, no one's looking at warlock and wizard over here. Yeah, going, yeah. get out there, buck. Yeah, Eugene going, the sorcerer is not going to do it. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Fridge the barbarian exactly. will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, it. So that, that is what I would do. Is I would do the slow reveal of the fact that you are seriously fucking outnumbered. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's it's a numbers game. It really is. And you should really run the math ahead of time with the action economy and the, like, by level 14, 15, your guys are going to hit pretty much every round, especially against an AC of 15. There's going to be odd that they, when they miss. So you got to sit there and go, 
what are their big attacks? What are their area of effect attacks that they like to use? Their sickening radiance is going to be so much more useful than inflict wounds or disintegrate, right? Mm-hmm. So what are you looking for? Um, and and I would build my my encounter around that, and then hopefully you find the evidence on these bodies of these gnolls. You find the evidence of the allies that are dead now mm-hmm. or whatever. So, Dan. Uh, how do I make gnolls scarier at higher levels? Yes. Um, honestly, I'd just be repeating everything, Adam. Atmosphere and environment. It's it's how you do it. It's how we do it with a lot of these mob type things. But gnolls also have this wonderful support ne- network of higher powered creatures. HR. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they have these. They have well, the Flynn to see are fucking nine. Yeah. So you have Flynn's. You have Fangzi and Nogu. You have uh, and you could go out there get the Krokotoks. You have some demons you can throw in there, right? Throw in a Balgura, throw in something like that. That is going to be going along with some of these, right? You could do that. And if you are like capstone ability level, if you're all level 20, fight Yanogu. See how that goes for you. Can I, I hear what both of you guys say, and I think this is absolutely correct. And I just want to add on to it. Um, it and I want to say it depends who's leading the gnolls. Yes, they're very primal and savage in what they're trying to do. But how do we hurt players? Attack with the, the things. With the crowbar, Terry. Because it gets... Well, that is a way. Yes. I'm talk, sorry. How do we hurt characters? I meant to say. Oh. Okay. <laughs> how do we hurt characters? We take well, away the crowbar, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> if, if their name still is Jason Todd, still with the crowbar. Well, it gets to a certain point. We have those... <laughs> oh, I just got bad. It looks random. We have that... And Adam's touched on it before. Around about, you said, I think you said around about level 9 to 15, where there's very little death. It's low levels. It's high levels. Yeah. And how do we hurt them? And... And I think this is what we need to use gnolls for, is it becomes a point where the threat is not that we are necessarily going to die. It's because whatever their target is, they will get that target. So if the target is not the player character, it's everything weaker than that. It's whatever they've been told. So it's, it's grappling the MacGuffin out of the hands. It's killing the NPC. It's disabling the siege weapon. It's breaching the gate. Whatever their target is, their action economy will get them to that target. And that's what becomes terrifying. It's not... Are we going to survive this pack of gnolls? Are we going to be able to hold this gate from them before everything else comes? We have to protect this item, this magical child. Mm-hmm. Can we protect this child from them? I won't die. Level 15 barbarian. They might. So it depends on what the target is for me. So my advice for for um, for DMs out there for making combat scarier... Hit them in not, the fields. We're not... At- Hit them with what? Hit them in the fields. Hit them in the fields. That's it. I thought you said heels. I was <laughs> like, heels? Clerics? Uh, it's it's not about the hit points anymore. What are you attacking? Yeah. And first, we attack their hearts. And I'll say that till the day we die. Oh, I'm looking at Adam as though he's DMing the episode. Anything else before we move on to the next question? Uh, well, it's Dan's turn. Dan? Do you get a turn? No, I already... You already did went. you go? All right. Everybody, I went last. Uh, that's what it was. So what are you looking up there, Adam? Um, I, I was talking with Flynn's and we talked about allies and whatnot, and you mentioned that. And there's a little known one that I remember from all my demon stuff called the Shusuva, which is, I'm just going to read it really quickly. I bought one of those ones um, on the shopping network, I think. <laughs> uh, Shusuva kind of like cleans up your, your carpet. Just, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's a hyena demon gifted by Yianagu to an especially powerful knoll, typically a fang of Yianagu. Uh, it manifests shortly after a war band achieves a great victory, emerging from a billowing, fetid cloud of smoke as it arrives from the abyss. And it has the rampage, it's got multi-attack, and it has a tail stinger, which does uh, 
decent amount of piercing damage, and then um, you have to make a con save or become poisoned. You're also paralyzed. And it, you think about being paralyzed, surrounded by gnolls. It kind of looks like what would happen if a Vrock and a gnoll had a baby. Uh, almost like a, like a, kind of like a Vrock and a... Um, uh, winter wolf, mm-hmm. maybe, but I mean, it's a big, it's a large size white hyena with barbs coming out of it, and it's this nasty thing. There's, don't just look in the knoll entries. Is my point in the in the books? Also, dig through the demons, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't necessarily throw a rock or a glabrazoo with with them, but there are definitely some good options in and among them. Yeah, right? I mean, like check out Volos, check out Morning Kindness, check out your Monster Manual. But like Volos has some real great support here. Yep, and uh, it's funny Morning Kindness not so much. Uh, the Monster Manual, Volos, and um, and the Sent into Avernus is where the Crocodilic is. Mm-hmm. Right, that's where you're gonna find your good Knoll stuff is in those. Cool. Nice. Can we um, switch focus here for a second? And uh, I want to ask you, what kind of social or exploration encounters uh, do you think gnolls could provide well? <laughs> okay. Let's roll. Are we we just... can roll again if yeah, you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's roll again. Let's roll again. We don't roll often enough in this roll-related podcast. 17 for it, moi. Well, I got an 18. For moi. Five. What'd you get? Sack? This many. All right. All right. So, um, social or, or environmental um, Social or exploration encounters. Exploration. I've already said about how they would have their armor and their items and stuff be things that they've already taken from other places and whatnot. I think it would be really cool to hear about a distant uh, country that's on fire, mm-hmm. a, a kingdom that has been sacked, and there's no word coming out of it. And then all of a sudden you see Knowles carrying those colors and wearing their their signature armor and stuff to give the idea of how big this threat is. And you start off with a handful of low-level gnolls. The scouts come first, right? Because the ravenous horde is moving. It's moving rapidly, but it's covering every square kilometer they can find. And so you've got some that are that are moving out and away and trying to find out where these settlements are. And they're those that do not come back obviously found something. Yeah. Right? And so the rest are, are following. And you can start to slowly drop in this this concept of the waves of the gnolls. And because we have so many cool different versions of them, you can have um, uh, you can have them be more difficult, not only by numbers, but also by the kind that you're using as well. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's uh that's how I would I would give you your... You're not exploring the world. The world is coming to you with the gnolls, right? They're bringing evidence of the carnage and destruction with them. And really, what a great way to bring the world to players without them feeling like they're being railroaded. Yeah. And if you're playing a sandbox campaign, it's not, oh, shit, well, where the fuck do we go? How do we do... It's coming to you. You guys can go where you want, but I'm also going to bring it to you. Yeah. I, which... It allows the players to just explore the world so much more with having that excitement and that threat. I want to add on to what you're saying, which is gnolls coming from further away, which is I think what we miss is we just have... It's a gnoll. You see a gnoll. And you talked before, Adam, about whether or not they're wearing certain clothing or evidence that they've been around other civilizations. But also, we can spot creatures that are from different areas. So the gnolls coming from the Northlands would have the white fur, the white spotted fur, as opposed to the gnolls that are coming from the desert may have maybe have more of a tanned fur. And so what about those social encounters or those explorative encounters where it's like, what is a Northland knoll doing so far south? What does that mean? What does it mean when you come across an individual knoll? <laughs> when you come across an individual knoll 
that for some reason perks his ears up and turns and looks when he hears the elf speaking elvish. He should never have known elvish. What does this mean? So my point is being that I think that we get so lost in every creature with just you see a knoll as opposed to you see a western spotted knoll that has not been seen in these lands for this long. I think the question we need to stop asking is what do you see and 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 start asking the question of why do you see this thing here right now in this location? Exactly. And that's exactly what I'm getting to because it gets so lost. The, but the, and I'm using the example for gnolls now, but the example can be for orcs. It can be for kobolds. It can be for humans. You know, if you if you see a dark-skinned human in a predominantly white-skinned area of, de- of of whatever your land is, that should also be raised. A, 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 an elf with more of a tan skin as opposed to whatever. Like, yeah, when you're surrounded by moon elves and a sun elf is there. That, like, that's why? my point. I'm using it right now for gnolls, but I think if we start to lean on this for exploration, it can. It, those are the plot hooks. And, when you, and, when, and frankly, I got to jump on that because it's such a brilliant point. Why is it that every time that you walk through a fucking mausoleum, the skeleton comes up out of the dirt and comes at you? Has no one ever walked by here again or before you? Right? Like, why is it coming up now? Who was the last person to be like, okay, that skeleton's going to rise, but that one won't? What is happening here and why? And that, ah. So the reason I'm saying this is because we get so many questions sent to us. How do we do creative plot hooks? How do we whatever plot hooks? Dude, it's not just gnolls. It's not just orcs. There's a reason. Why this one here now? Why, why, why? And I'm using it for gnolls, but that is how you make good social uh, and explorative encounters with gnolls. For me, Dan, you went last. Adam. Hi, Dan. You hate cultists. I really do. I happen to love cultists. I also happen to, for the most part, love cultists, especially when when you don't expect them. Which is always... Which is... They're not the Spanish Inquisition level, but yes. Um, reading into uh, Knowles, you'll find that they're so closely tied with Ionogu that you can't really separate the two. You can't really separate Knowles from their drive from Ionogu. Um, and with any good demon lord level threat, there are going to be intelligent humanoids that worship them in some depraved fashion. So I would definitely be bringing in... Um, a cult of Yanogu, humans, elves, dwarves, doesn't matter. Uh, a cult Elf. of Yanogu within the city that is letting gnolls into the city. What's interesting, okay, I hear what you're saying. I think you have to be very selective with it, Dan, because there are, you were right, Orcus has a shit ton of followers, right? Speaking of demon lords, even Demogorgon has a bunch, right? Yeah. Yanogu, it's in, it's in the text that he doesn't have as many as everyone else simply because he doesn't give a shit. He's not spending any time on on coercing or corrupting. And no, he, and I, I was I was yeah, gonna I was okay. gonna get to that because like because Yanogu is so focused on his knolls and the destruction that they bring, he is going to be using cultists in their small little numbers because there aren't gonna be a lot of them, and they're going to be depraved serial killers, every single last one of them. They're gonna be savage humans who are just going through and will happily kalima anybody, right? Well, But, like, these guys are the ones that uh, Yanogu will use to enable his gnolls to do their work. Right? So if there is a barricaded city that they, that the gnolls need to get in, they're getting in through this cult of Yanogu. Yeah, but I think that they're also the terrorists. 
Oh yeah, of, yep. of this world. Whereas the cult of Orcus is stealing one person for a sacrifice to raise the dead and start the ritual. These guys are just slaughter. I'm heading to the marketplace with black powder. We're yeah. doing this right. Yeah. And and if they're if you need a, like an idea of what their mindset is, do your reading on um, in Volos. Specifically, there's a section there that is a human cultist of Yanogu tapping into the mind of Yanogu. And it just reading that little paragraph, that little blurb, inspired me. It's like, okay, now I have an entire campaign idea yeah. where you are trying to take out this cult of Yanogu from bringing this army of gnolls into this area, right? So you're capturing cultists and you're trying to coerce them, trying to get some sort of truth out of them. You're talking right? campaigns. Uh, I, I'm, ta- I'm talking campaigns. But specifically for, like, social encounters and environmental encounters, an environmental investigation of a city, we don't really talk about the fact that an urban environment in and of itself is an environmental thing. Of course. Using that as a, you are trying to find your way around the city to find this incel, right? Even if it's just a two-session thing, it's still an environmental concern. Um, And then the act of finding one of these cultists, bringing them out, and actually interrogating them. And Well, and you see, hold on, that brings me to the next thing is you should never interrogate. Get speak with dead. Don't interrogate a knoll. Don't interrogate a cultist. They're just going to try to eat your fucking eyes, right? Just kill them and speak with dead so that you can get your three answers (laughs) and move on without actually being threatened. Writing this down, just kill them every time. (laughs) No, I I actually disagree with that because the the, the dead could still obfuscate what they're trying to say to you, right? And and you might be able to get answers from a somewhat sane cultist. Right? Like one who is trying to run that two lives. A knoll? You're not going to get it. Not a knoll. Not a knoll. 100% not a knoll. You won't even be able to speak with dead with a knoll, in my opinion. Well, no, I think you can't because they have enough base intelligence to give you yes or no answers. Yes, but they don't understand any language other than abyssal and knoll. So cast tongues as well. All right. Then you're running two concentration spells. So so go to a temple. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm less inclined to be like, yeah, you're going to get information from knolls. And I also would think that... You'd have to go to a higher level knoll, either a pack lord or a or flind or something like that, to get any sort of realistic information. You're not going to get anything from a footman soldier level knoll. Yeah, you're not because you're they're not just going to be the... eat, no. consume, eat, consume, eat, and consume. What did you do last Thursday? I ate and consumed. Okay, right. Well, I know. I see where you guys are going here, but the reason I stopped you when you said when you started talking about campaigns is because my next question is going to be: At what point do you stop using knolls as bad guys in your campaign? Okay. And you were going off on like a campaign level thing. So that's why I wanted to ask the question now. Oh, uh, for me, hard never. I never. always use gnolls. Always, always, always use gnolls. There's always. there's not a single tier in this game that cannot use gnolls effect- effectively. Okay. I, okay, I'm going to put a spin on it. My answer is I don't start using them until about level 12. What's the reason? Because a null, a 20 level null campaign, while there's a lot of options for nulls, and you can get into the abyss and kind of the demonic side of things, and it's fine, you can. If you're looking to spend two and a half years dealing with nulls, you don't have enough material. Yeah. And I really like the Flins and the Krokok Toic and the Yanagu and the demonic aspect. And you can build encounters. The nulls themselves can run essentially as minions by about level 12, right? And so. Having them be more of a force of nature 
you almost have to be high level for that to happen. They're too powerful at low level. You can do that to a degree with zombies or kobolds or, or something where you have enough of them and your level 8 party can fight them. I really like the idea of the level 14 party going up against gnolls. We're going to eradicate the gnolls from the kingdom. You can't do that till you're high tier 3, mm-hmm. tier 4. There's, they're just too powerful. So, And their mindset is too powerful. You cannot overcome this. And so I... I would, I would definitely say high levels, and I would hold back on the gnolls, and I would lead up to it and drop hints consistently. And you may see a knoll early or two, drop the idea that there are gnolls, hear the name Yanagu a couple of times, and maybe kill some cultists early. But you're not really getting like ankle deep into it, let alone shoulder deep, until later levels. And I think you can trip some experienced players up with this who are thinking who are hearing gnolls, hearing gnolls. Oh, if they hear abyssal cultists, they're all thinking, oh, we're fighting orcas. Hey, we're fighting Demogorgon. And they're they're going off on the big ones. All right, and they don't see the carnage of Yi and Agu coming. You know what I want to do? In my tier 3 party, I want them to go to the Feywild and find it wrecked. Yeah. Because Yi and Agu showed up here. Yeah. And he just fucking destroyed the place mm-hmm. and now there's also a, another portal that leads into the underdark and they're coming up through the underdark now right and you know that they're going to eventually find a surface and, and start pouring through right these are your ravenous uh, uh, maybe that's instead of a go of uh, the fetch quest of go find i need three dragon skulls and a gold uh pendant Watch. and uh, yeah right like <laughs> you're going around instead Go close the mouths to the Underdark because the gnolls are coming. Yeah. Yanagu is down there and he's coming and you've seen the carnage. And now this gives you so much more fun, so much more interesting things yeah, to do. I love it. Last question. This is my favorite question. Well, you didn't question. answer. Oh, I didn't? Um, I agree. I, I don't stop with gnolls. Uh, and the reason being that I think that even if you're not directly fighting them all the time I think gnolls have enough of an impact on the environment and the uh, the political not political landscape but the, the 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 landscape itself that they should always be apparent just because you get to the past the point where you can kill a few gnolls doesn't mean they're out rampaging and killing everybody else they're still out there and I think we we too often get to the point in games where it's like okay we're done with orcs we're done with kobolds we're done with gnolls and all of a sudden it's like they don't exist anymore they're still a threat for everybody else. They're still overrunning kingdoms. They're still tearing caravans apart. So I think gnolls should always be present. Always. Same as orcs. Same as everything. Last question. Final question. My favorite question. Um, let's give one example of a gnoll encounter or a plot hook that we'd like to run in a campaign. Should we roll initiative one more time? Yeah, I would like to roll initiative. Let's okay. do it. I'm actually going to film this one. Well, I threw mine already. I got a three. Adam got a 16. Dan got a five. And there we go. All right, so, Adam, Barry, what was your Did you change your die again? Because it's confusing me every time. Yeah. Well, there's this other one sitting right here. What's that? Um, seven. Anyway, Terry, what was your question? Um, example of a null encounter or plot hook that we'd run in a campaign. Um, a null encounter or a plot hook that I would run in a it, like a campaign level or just in a, in a counter level? Uh, are you talking like random encounter? Are you talking... Uh, well, it could be an encounter or a plot hook for a campaign. Um, okay. Whatever you want. I, I blew my load. Do you want to hold your action? Yeah, I'm gonna. I blew my load of Coca-Cola. Can you hold your load for a second? And come back to it. You can even add on to what other. People I don't. Say I, I don't have as many kids as Dan, so obviously I can hold it. Dan. So. <laughs> Jesus fuck! <laughs> Just delete this quick. Would you like me to go? Yes. <laughs> this is where I say something. You both got that shit. <laughs> no, I don't like that, Terry. Okay, 
I like the idea because gnolls, raiders, slavers, horrific predators, I like the idea of them being a defense mechanism to stop you from getting somewhere, but it's kind of an accident they don't intend to be. So I like the idea of almost them being like Viking raiders from a chain of islands. I watch a lot of Vikings. And that they're coming, they're raiding, they're causing havoc. Very simple boats that whatever their leader has given them. Hey, here's your simple long chips. Go in that direction. Don't stop. Raiding, but also this chain of islands or wherever they are is stopping you from getting to the next thing. It is the gate that gets stops you from getting to level two or level three um, of the game. It's essentially... You have to deal with them, even though they're not particularly bothered with you. They're just always there. I'm, I am absolutely loving the idea of Knoll pirates. I'm thinking more Vikings. They're raiders. They come in, they fuck They don't give a shit about booty. And they go home. No, they're but, not, they, but they, they will take your boat. Yeah. And they will use your boat. Yeah, but if and I'm then, Viking, yeah. But and, and they will just absolutely destroy absolutely everything and, and it's not that they guts have, the hull of the boat. It's not that so they have that a particular they enemy. They, it's not that they don't... It, they're neutral, really. It's just, I don't care who you are, I'm taking your shit. But if you've got to get past them to get to, to the next point of the game or wherever you got to go, you've got to go through it, all through all of those Knoll Islands, through all of whatever... Uh, to get to it and I think just having them as a constant looming threat means that they should never be removed from the game I love the idea that it's when when the tide is low the gnolls are coming because they don't have ships yeah. they don't have big ships they may have like little oh, long boats simple shit it's very they... simple like they row yeah. right they don't sail because they can't figure out the knots and the they sails on them. right yeah. they're, they're going over a channel so the idea is that when the tide is low and they swim across and then the idea of just like 40 gnolls <laughs> Forty gnolls rising up out of the water. <laughs> this is the one instance where you smell them before you see them, yeah, or hear them. Yeah, so very, very primal kind of primitive Vikings. No, is how I, I, I like love them. that. Yeah. Absolutely love it. That's mine. Anyone else? <laughs> I got nothing, <laughs> Dan. You, you, you don't. No, know no. I, I, All right. Okay, I got one for you. So um, the gnolls are led by a flind or a pack leader or whatever it is. They've got the smaller, the uh, the smarter rather, the fang of Yinagu, whoever it is that's with them. Maybe even Yinagu himself. And they are hanging back and letting the orcs do all of the work. And you know how the orcs are leaving behind a handful of civilians and they're going to come by and raid later? Well, they're coming behind the orcs and wiping out the easy prey. And they're just growing and growing and growing in numbers. Or maybe it's the goblins and they just keep raiding all the goblins uh, and killing all the goblins. And they can't get to the bugbears or the um, hobgoblins. But there's no more goblins left because all the little goblin holes everywhere that they are has been just raided by gnolls as far as I can see. So you now have orcs who can't go back to where they used to be. They can't go back to the places where they've already pillaged like three years later. And or you have uh, hobgoblins or bugbears who like they don't have a goblinoid horde anymore because all of these goblins is the mass majority of their numbers are gone. And now they're turning around to the humans and the elves and going, guys, we have a null problem and we need your help. <laughs> and if you don't help us, you will have a null problem in a couple of years. Hey, no problem. I'll help you out. But I, God damn it. So the the idea of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I think that that could be a really cool way to band orcs and elves together. Oh, I love the vision of the very militaristic, regimented, hobgoblin battalion marching towards the human or elven kingdom flying um, peace banners. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, or the orcs, just like five or six orcs 
showing up and just like knocking on on the door of the walled city. And <laughs> Whoa! Once quit, they're outside the game. Is is this how they do it? I don't. Is it three or is it two? How do they do it? <laughs> just two. One sec. Grab Krunk's head. Thump thump thump. <laughs> right. But I I think that that gives. Such a better... I mean, it's a social encounter for everybody else, yeah. but the knolls are the underlying reason behind It's long-term. I like to think long-term with encounters yeah. and plot hooks, not just, aha, the knolls are here. Why? Fuck knolls here. Deal with it. You know. Yeah. Why, 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 why? Yeah. Okay. Dan, Dan what's yours? I don't have one. Good job. All right. Any last thoughts on knolls before we wrap this sucker up? Um, Anything burning that the people need to know? Would you give Knowles an increased movement speed if they're running and all of a sudden they drop to all fours? Yes. yes. And actually, I'm not happy. I think it's 30 feet, right? Yeah. I'm not happy. It feels like it no, needs they to be need faster. 40. Seven feet tall. The, those long legs, they're going to be 40 feet. Uh, 40 feet base. And if they drop to all fours, they don't get an attack that round, but they can move 60. Yeah. Right? Or 50. I'd say they, they could keep pace with the hyenas. Sure. I Yeah, okay. I, I'll, I'll agree with that. Also... Give you give your nose pack tactics. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's really missing from this. Um, I mean, I mean, you could homebrew it in as long as you're fair to the players. Hey, these gnolls seem to be moving faster than the others. They seem to be. If your knoll gets a kill, it, the rampage mechanic says that if you drop it to zero hit points, it moves to half its movement speed. It again. moves up to half its and attacks again. Right. That doesn't say when you get a kill. It says drop to zero hit points with the intention of coming around again to feast later. Yeah, I guess. Would you have your gnolls? So you've gone up against your party. You've got your barbarian and your paladin and your fighter and your bard. And they target the bard and they drop the bard. Are they going after the big ones? Or are they going for the kill with the bard? I would, I would say I would say ones. the weaker ones eat the body and the stronger ones get on all fours and chase after the bigger no, ones. I don't know though because they, are they the that consumption in- starts right away. Are they that intelligent though? I don't think Kill, they're necessarily eat. that. In- they're that wise. I'd say they're that wise. I, I think that they would that they would then eat the body of an intelligent creature until they are provoked again. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I'd, al- I'd almost even say that. I don't agree like, with the 30 feet. I think it should be 40 feet. I'd also say, yeah. like, gnolls should have some sort of regenerative ability. They're closely tied with trolls a lot. Almost well. like... So uh, you, besides the rhyming scheme, what what is the troll and gnoll connection? Uh, demonic origins. No, the, I'd say, if anything, it should be involves. something more linked to uh, almost like a second wind type thing. Yeah, no, I'm with you, I'm with you on that. Maybe even some more. Maybe not second win. Maybe more of a rage. Here's my thought. I would. I would very, very rarely have any null with any sort of magical ability unless they picked up an item. Yeah. Oh, here's something cool. What about a null that picks up a circlet of intelligence that immediately bumps their intelligence up to nineteen, and they just pick it up because they think it's a helmet. They put it on, they attune to it because they wear it for an hour. you got to stop messing with this stuff on because I'm still reading whenever I can flowers for Algernon and it's breaking oh. my freaking heart. <laughs> and every time we talk about this stuff, like, it just, it's awful. Yeah, uh, no, I think that's really cool though because then you have an intelligent knoll that's leading the others, right? That is how you get a social encounter out of this. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to... Yeah, yeah, hit me. Do this real quick. Uh, in Volos, there's a little thing of knoll allies and you can see that there's gnolls, hyenas, uh, lucrotas, which are bigger and smarter and faster gnolls. I've never heard of this. I've never heard of this either. Um, There's more information. We can flip to it later. But trolls. Trolls is also mentioned. 
And of all the creatures, uh, it says here, of all the creatures encountered by gnolls, trolls love them because they share a similar frame of mind. All trolls want to do is consume and destroy, and gnolls are uh, in the same kind of boat there. Sure. I just can't imagine them having an encounter where they're discussing being friends. Well, I don't think it's friends. I think they just, a troll walks along with them, and the gnolls see that they're pursuing the same interests. Is the troll dumb enough to not be attacked, not considered an intelligent creature? Uh, And if that's the case, would an ogre get by? And if that's the case, would your, I mean, no. It's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. I'll give you that. I, I would say this. I can see trolls having gnolls on chains as guard dogs, and they think it's funny. Yeah. I think trolls like gnolls. I don't think gnolls like trolls. Yeah. I can and see I that. see that I can see trolls falling behind gnoll patrols. Stop. Because you got this far in the episode without doing My this. brain hurts. <laughs> okay. Okay, team. Well, that's it for this week's episode on Knowles. Remember to tell your friends and they can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at www.itsamimic.com or email us at info at itsamimic.com. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been the It's a Mimic Podcast. We will see you next time. We're out. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. Nerds are fucking freaks. Okay, look, not to start, I'm not exactly mega, mega famous, but I enjoy that I have 4,400 followers that listen to me talk about D&D. And when I put that poll out, about vanilla sex or fucked up sex, it was like 88% or something. Yeah, but okay, look, that's skewed though because the people that say vanilla sex will not answer a poll about it online. That's a good point. <laughs> so, that's a good point. That's Dan. That's this guy. Yeah. This guy right here. Dan, Dan sat point. there with v- vanilla. I like vanilla. Vanilla sex. Ah! Can, we start doing, <laughs> can we start doing just some special limited release t-shirts about some of the things that come up on the podcast because Lights Out Missionary we need to make. Lights Out Missionary. Um, I also think that we need to do vote an episode of the purple saxophone yeah yeah 100% we need these t-shirts and they can be we can have the mimic design and on them for whatever like the lights out missionary one or the purple saxophone or whatever else comes up because it is it, hilarious it concerns me that our duds and dragons podcast the two big quotes that we pull from it are lights out missionary and the purple well, saxophone what I enjoy about which are both crude sex is this is essentially a sports podcast about dungeons and dragons <laughs> you're wearing a hockey jersey no right yeah, no it's actually a fair fair call I and like that's that, what yeah. I like to do so I'm thinking we call it Bullywugs, Dragons, hold on I can do this, Sorcerers and Magic. And we'll just capital it all the way down. <laughs> Welcome to It's a Mimic. <laughs> <laughs> On his nose! <laughs> oh my god. Alright. Oh, it tastes worse than the way.